Are you ready for a travel adventure? How about an exciting trip to Venice or an exhilarating experience in Bangkok? Maybe you were more about a culinary adventure in Barcelona or just a relaxing day cruising the canals of Amsterdam. Join the Professor Travel as he invites you on an epic excursion, one that has you traveling the globe with him. Come and experience a world of culture, a world of history and architecture, a world of food and experiences to broaden your mind and save you time and money as you travel. Learn more, discuss more, travel more, and enjoy life more. And now your host, The Professor Travel. Greetings, students, and welcome to this episode of The Professor Travel. I am The Professor Travel, coming to you from Orange County, California. This is the community site that we go to. It's the blog and the podcast together that we come together to learn more, to discuss more, to travel more, hopefully, and go to places that you haven't been, and then ultimately to enjoy your life more. You can reach me on a variety of different social media sites, starting with, of course, my website at theprofessortravel.com. You can also reach me on both YouTube and Facebook at The Professor Travel. On Instagram, I can be reached at the underscore professor underscore travel. And then on Twitter, I can be reached at the professor TR1. And then if you're a blogger, I can also be reached at blogspot at theprofessortravel.blogspot.com. Today, I have a visiting professor with us. Uh, professor Kevin Horn is coming to us today. Say hi, Kevin. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me for this interview. I know you just got back from a really wonderful vacation. Um, but before we get into that, uh, can you tell my students a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit about your educational credentials and some places that you've traveled in the past? Okay. Uh, well, I have a BS in electrical and engineering and also an MBA. And as part of my work, I've been lucky to travel to Europe quite a bit. Uh, Australia, uh, South America, different places like that. Uh, but the travel bug really started when I was in the Navy, and that took me all over the world. So I've been very fortunate to be able to just extend those travels to where I like where I have to work. And again, um, since since not everybody knows, we film this um, usually way in advance. Today just happens to be Veterans Day. So again, thank you again for all of your service. It really means a lot. Yeah, thank you very much. And so let's talk about the recent trip that you went on. Um, this picture is from that, in fact. So where did you end up going and uh, what, what made you want to go there? Okay. The, um, the places I went were Jordan and Cairo and Istanbul. And I'd always had a dream to see Petra, which is where this picture was taken, and go hiking through the mountains and, and just see how beautiful it was. Uh, right after I saw the Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> yeah, the fourth one. Um, but then um, Cairo, always I was interested in the pyramids, the, the mystery behind them. And whenever my friends started talking about the trip, I was like, yes, I need to go. <laughs> You're like, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so how long did you start? Uh, how, how, I mean, it sounds like your friends were already on board with wanting to do this. Mm -hmm. Did they already have everything kind of planned out or how much time did you have advance notice on doing this? Well, I started talking to them probably about six months before the actual trip and they had already booked the flights and the hotel through a travel agency that they went through several times before. Okay. So uh, they were uh, looking for some other people to join them and I wasn't sure when I was going to have some friends to go on this amazing trip with. So 
I was like, I'll go with you. And then we found another friend who also went. So there were four of us total. Wow. That's really awesome. And you have the ability to go to other countries and have, and it's not just yourself. You can go with a variety of people. Yeah. Did anybody happen to speak the languages of the places that you were going to at all? Uh, one of our friends that had originally booked the trip, he knew a few words from each of the different ones. So he would say a few things, but uh, while we're there, we always meet people from other countries. So he knew languages from other areas. So he was able to talk that way as well. Very cool. Now, when traveling to the locations that you travel to, were visas required for that? Yeah, visas were required for every single country. Okay. Uh, but it was really convenient, too, that we could go online and get the visa. And for Jordan, there's a really good visa combo package that you can get where it's called the Jordan Pass. And whenever you buy it, you get the visa, plus you also get entry to Petra, and you also get free entrance to like 40 other locations. So oh, we jumped awesome. on that. Nice. Uh, now, before you decided to go, um, were there any type of health concerns that you needed to be aware of as far as like, I know, for example, I'm going to be traveling to India later on this next year. Mm -hmm. And so before heading there, I'm going to definitely make sure to go to a travel doctor to get some shots ahead of time. And then also um, I've been told to kind of like acclimate my dietary uh, challenges or, or what I, what I normally eat compared to some of the food that they eat over there and to kind of just ease into that type of food. Did you have anything like that at all or any challenges? I didn't actually. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of these countries were something you had to require vaccinations or anything like that for. So we just got on the plane and left. Okay. So actually let's talk about the, just actually we're going to take a step back before the plane uh, just to get a little bit of an idea of what your prepacking was like. Um, first off, what time of year did you end up going to these places? This was in the uh, first half of October. Okay. So not right in the middle of summer, but then again, it's still a little bit hot there too. Mm -hmm. So um, were you aware of the weather conditions over there ahead of time? Did you pack for that? Or did you have a variety of different things that you packed for any occasion? But luckily the climate was the same in almost all the, uh, all the cities we went to, okay. except for Istanbul was a little bit cooler at night. So we just had to pack a light jacket or something for that, but everything else was just um, like shorts and t-shirts. Uh, we were going to some of the, the mosques and things like that in Istanbul. So we made sure we packed pants and a little bit uh, longer shirts, not just tank tops, just to, for respectful reasons. Yes, perfect. And then uh, as far as like sunscreen or mosquito repellent, did you need that at any time? Definitely sunscreen. I use that a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, but when we were in Jordan, they kept uh, trying to get everyone to buy the, the scarves that you saw in the picture. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was that helped quite a bit, too. Did everybody have those or was it like did anybody bring their own hats? Yeah. Yeah. Most people brought their hats as well. So I'm just not a big hat person. So I didn't have any. <laughs> You look fabulous. Don't, don't let anybody tell you any different. Okay, man. <laughs> now you left out of LAX, correct? That's right. Okay. So talk to me, what was going to be the flight path to the final destination that you were flying to? Uh, well, through the travel agency, we wound up getting a direct flight on Turkish airlines from LAX to Istanbul. So I, I think that they just bought a round trip ticket for that because it was a direct flight both ways. 
And then we had a several regional flights to go from Istanbul to Amman, and then Amman to Cairo, and then Cairo back to Istanbul. Okay, and then back home from there. Yeah. Um, so when you got to LAX, did you end up parking there, or did you just take an Uber to get there? Uh, like, what was the what was the parking type of situation? Just for people in the area who might want to kind of do the same route you did. Okay. I've always been taking Uber to the airport lately. Um, sometimes for work, I would go and park, and uh, but it's just so much easier to deal with the Uber. It's just one little cost rather than the whole parking fees, like paying 20 bucks a day. Yeah. So, yeah. Uber is much preferred. Perfect. Okay. And so um, you're on Turkish airways. Um, did you, did you get uh, like coach? Did you get upgraded? What was the situation over there? How did you guys end up flying? It, it was all coach. The, the seats were a little tight for me <laughs> as far as the seat pitch. Uh, but I got used to flying for work and I had status on United. It's always had five extra inches of leg room. Mm -hmm. So that's the only complaint I really had with it. How was the food? The food was actually really good on the flight and the entertainment, which I'm all about, uh, was, was great. Everyone had the seat back displays. So I just watched movies most of the time, both ways. Perfect. That'll keep you occupied. Uh, speaking of time though, how many hours was it to get over there? I think it was 13 hours each way. Oh, that's not, that's actually not that bad. I've been talking to people like <laughs> I, just before we were broadcasting, I spoke to someone else who had done a plane flight to China oh. and that was, that was a little ways. And then I also had in 2016, I went to Bangkok, Thailand, and that was a, about a 22 hour flight from LAX. It was, it can get kind of crazy. So 13 hours, not yeah. too terrible. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> well, again, yeah. And I definitely want to touch base with you on some of the other locations you've been to because you have traveled just, I, I, I've been watching you for years and all your travels. You actually inspire me to want to travel more. Oh, great. I mean, it, it's really kind of cool. So I'll, 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 I'll talk with you offline about that. But okay. so you, so you arrive in Istanbul first. Um, how many days are you going to be having in this entire vacation? It was 10 days total, about three or four days in each location. Okay, perfect. So, um, and were you primarily doing hotels? Were you doing timeshares? Were you doing, what was the situation like? Airbnb? Well, part, part of the package that they'd already pre-booked included the flights and the hotels and some drivers in Amman. Oh. And that's it. That's so we... we stayed in hotels and uh, there were two people in each room. So we just shared the room that way. Okay, cool. Did they make you like, did they have like, um, like were they smaller than normal beds or are they queen size beds? Like we're used to here in the States. Most of the hotels in Europe, they, they have twin size mm -hmm. or maybe a king size bed. So all of our hotels had just twin size beds. Okay. So Walk me through your itinerary over the over the nine days that you had, or the ten days that you had. Uh, talk to me a little bit about each location you went to, and maybe a highlight from each of those locations. Okay. Well, we we went from Istanbul to Amman, and we didn't get there until about eleven o'clock at night. So then the Jordan Pass helped us get through the visa and everything really quickly. And then we had a driver already there. So we, he took us the three hour drive to the Petra location. So um, we got there maybe about three in the morning and 
then we just we only had the one full day in Petro. So we decided we're going to get up at eight, have breakfast, hit the park. We did the hiking for we did the entire 10 mile hike uh, past the treasury, which was in the picture. And then there are several other buildings carved into the, the canyons. And even some of the vendors that are there, they actually live in the caves that are have been carved out. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was really impressive that they still utilized all that space quite a bit. Can I can I actually go back a little bit here? Um, when you arrived, you said you arrived at like three o'clock in the morning, correct? Uh, in Petra. In Petra, yeah. Um, how cold was it? It wasn't cold at all. Okay, I was I was kind of curious because I mean you're in the middle of the desert and it's in the middle of the night. I wasn't sure if it would be like frigid or if it would be, especially mm-hmm. since you're going in later in the year. So mm-hmm. that really so that that that's a learning thing for me there. And then the other thing I want to ask is, I know you said even before getting in Jordan, you were in Istanbul. Were you there for any length of time or was it, were you just like there a very short time and then you just jumped over to uh, Iman Jordan right after that? We just had a two hour layover in Istanbul. So we just, the airport. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay. So you're in Petra, you were able to do the hike, which is awesome for you. Mm -hmm. I I clearly, you got some amazing pictures out of that, which is great. Um, I got an MVU. I, it's going to be one of those places I'm going to probably go within the next couple of years. I, I, I just, I've been wanting to go for many, many years, but I'm always told to get the packages to where you can go to, you know, don't just do Jordan. You want to do Egypt and Jordan, or you want to do uh, Israel and Jordan and Egypt and do all those things at the same yeah. time. So, um, so I'm, I'm happy that you were able to get that package. Um, would you say that it was a reasonable price for you or do you think you could have done better? I think it was pretty reasonable because one of our travel partner friends, he, uh, he was very efficient in finding deals. <laughs> so, and they had used this particular travel company before called trip masters. Oh yeah. I've heard of them. Yeah. So they have all these different itineraries that you can customize and change the number of days you stay in each place and add on to and, and stuff like that. So it seems like it's a really flexible thing. And the first time you've used them. That was the first time I used them. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So how long you're in, you're in Jordan for how many days? We are there for, I think four days. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so besides the, besides Petra, um, what else did you end up doing? Uh, well, just a little bit more about Petra. Please. Uh, we, we happened to be there on one of the days that they did Petra at night. So we, we did the hike during the day. And the second part of the hike is kind of uphill quite a bit, but there's all kinds of stairs and they have people offering you donkey rides and things like that up and down. So that's a, another way to experience if you're not big on the hiking part. <laughs> like that. But so after that, we came back and had dinner and immediately bought tickets for the Petra at night. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, the sun is down and they've just put little bags with candles all through the, can- the canyon. And then they have a ton of the candles in front of the treasury there and it's lit up. There's also people playing music, they're handing out tea. So it's just a great experience to see it in a different way like that. Wow, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it was amazing. Have you been Have you been to India before, by the way? I haven't been yet. Okay, it sounds like, what you're saying sounds like it would be kind of like Diwali almost in a way when they're doing the celebration with the candles. Oh, wow. 
So anyways, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, t I'll get into that in another video that I'm going to be doing later on next year. So okay. <laughs> that's what I call a teaser. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so that's a couple of days in Petra. Um, where are we going from there? So we had another driver pick us up from Petra the next day and we drove on to the Dead Sea. Oh, wow. And that was maybe about a two and a half to hour, 45 minute ride. And then we had a hotel that had a pool and then an entrance to the Dead Sea right there on the property. And what did um, you do there? Huh? What did you do at the Dead Sea? Because I'm told a lot of people like they'll, they'll take in the, um, the experience of just floating in the Dead Sea and just enjoying the, like the hot, the high salt content of just kind of just doing the beach and stuff like that. Did you do anything like that at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is one of the few hotels that had the an entrance to the Dead Sea right as part of the property. So oh, wow. we went down and we we got in the water. They just had a little part blocked off for people to float and hang out. And there's they have cautions on it. Don't get it in your mouth or in your eyes because it, it burns really, really bad. So they have a lifeguard there waiting to throw some water in your eyes in case you get it in there. Oh, man. But it was amazing because you you can't sink. You're trying to get down and uh, it's, you're just floating. It's so easy. Can I ask what the name of the hotel was? Do you remember what the name was? I think it was a Holiday Inn. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, but they also had a big bucket of mud there so you could cover yourself all in mud and uh, kind of take that in and then wash it off floating in the sea too. <laughs> so, so it was fun. It sounds kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But there's not really much else there, you, just the hotel and the Dead Sea. And so it's good for one afternoon, and then we left the next morning also. Perfect. Where to next? So then we drove on to Amman, which was maybe just an hour from the Dead Sea. Then. Um, and that afternoon, we were able to walk around the city, and there was some a big amphitheater right in downtown. So our Jordan Pass let us get inside there. And as we were in the hotel, we started talking to the concierge and they had drivers available to take us to, there was a really pristine Roman um, ruins, not too far, maybe an hour and a half from Amman. So, and it also there was a castle close by that too. So we just paid for a driver from the hotel the whole day. And then we were able to use the Jordan Pass again to go see the castle and the Roman ruins. And it spent maybe about six hours just doing that trip during the day. Wow, sounds fun. Yeah. So then, uh, what was after that then? So uh, then we, so that was the Sunday and then Monday is when we flew on to Cairo. Okay. So we got there early in the morning and our hotel happened to be right across the street from the museum, the current Egyptian museum. What was your impressions of the museum when you first saw it? Um, it, it's amazing because of all of the artifacts and everything they've collected. Uh, but they're also in the process of boxing a lot of things up to ship to the, the new museum that's a lot closer to where the pyramids are. Oh, wow. I didn't know they were even opening a new museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been in work for about 10 years now. <laughs> it's supposed to open at the end of next year. So they're working around the clock trying to wrap it up. And it looks beautiful how it is. Um, with the, mu the old museum... Uh, I felt like the it could have been curated a little bit different mm -hmm. because they had lots of display cases. Here's a bunch of ambulance 
and here's a bunch of uh, pottery, and, but there was no connection really between what they were. Um, and then a, a room full of mummies that, that you could pay a little extra go to. So that was really interesting to see the mummies and I mean, hundreds of years old for the mummies. Yeah. But yeah, it was very, very impressive though. I, speaking of impressive, I saw the pictures of you at the pyramids themselves. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that excursion. Well, let's see. The, um, so the pyramids, we, we also did kind of a combo package with, I think it was via tour also. Okay. Um, so the, one of the guys who helped book it, uh, we, we wanted to see Luxor and the Valley of the Kings. And then we also wanted to do the pyramids and ride ATVs at the same time. Nice. Yeah, so he was able to get a, a, a pack, two packages. And since we're buying two packages and we were buying for four people, he got a little bit of a discount for it by calling the company directly rather than just doing it online. So another little tip to save a little bit of money. Thank you. I know my students will really appreciate that. Yeah. Did you have an opportunity to do anything on the Nile, like a river cruise or anything like that? We, when we flew to Luxor and saw the Valley of the Kings, part of that package involved what they called sailing on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I think it was more just for hype because the sailboat, there wasn't enough wind. So they had a boat tow us down to where we, <laughs> where we had wow. lunch. <laughs> Um, then we had a local lunch with the local food and, and then the two guys that were on the boat had to paddle their way over to the Luxor temple where we, we saw that. So they were, they were pretty sweating. Uh, yeah. how, how was the food though? How was the local fare? It, it was delicious. Uh, I, I think they took us to a really family owned restaurant okay. that was there. So it was very authentic at the time. So it was, it was good. Very cool. Awesome. So you get to see Luxor, you get to you get to do the Great Pyramid, uh, you get to go to the Valley of the Kings. I mean, it sounds like you had an amazing. Did you ride any camels at all? Yeah, uh, for the the pyramid tour, we uh, they had a lot of camels just there close to the pyramid. So you ride those out, take some pictures, and then tip the guy, and and that and that was it. We were supposed to do that also at Luxor in the Valley of the Kings, but our our timing um, was not. We didn't have enough time after we started booking, uh, booking and seeing everything. Okay. But the the Valley of the Kings is something not to miss to go over there. It, it's we had to take another flight from Cairo to Luxor. I didn't realize it was um, it was an hour flight away. How how far away it was. Mm-hmm. So that was an early flight in the morning. <clears throat> and then we had another driver and tour guide for the day. So he gave us good recommendations on which uh, tombs you should go into because the valley, it has 62 tombs you could go into. I had no idea there was that many all in one spot. Um, and then you could pay extra to go into, it was a really colorful one uh, that was just massive and went really deep into the mountain. And then you could also pay to go into King Tut's room. Which, oh, um, and that's where the mummy is, but it's the smallest of the, the tombs in the area. Because normally they built the tombs when the king took power, and then they just kept building it all through his life. And since King Tut died so young, then it's just basically a, a small tunnel in a room. But it's so famous because it was the one that was 
found intact. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And considering all the tomb robbers that have been going through the centuries, it's just to find something like that intact was a real treasure trove. And a lot of people who, who want to, they can look that up in the history channel or look at it through a variety of different locations, uh, Nat Geo, a bunch of places. They'll have a lot more information on that. It's a huge history buff. I, I really enjoy seeing all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's see. Okay. So how long did you spend there? So in Egypt, we were there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we left on Thursday. Okay. And now it's heading back to Istanbul. That's right. Mm-hmm. And how long did you have in Istanbul at this point? So Istanbul, we had Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Uh, and then we came home on Sunday. Let's talk about Istanbul, because that's a place I've been wanting to go as well. Talk to me a little bit about, like, did you do the bazaar? Did you, have you, you know, what, what was your time spent there when you had, because I know you only had a couple of days. What did mm-hmm. you do with it? Uh, well, we wound up walking from the area we stayed at down to where all the, the mosques and the historical area of, of Istanbul is. And so uh, there you have the Blue Mosque. Uh, there, there was another one that's an underground uh, cistern uh, that you could pay to go into. And then another one that used that shared several different religions. So there's layer upon layer of the religious type of art that they kind of peeled away in some areas, but it, it's an amazing, huge, it's probably the largest one in the world, I think. Was photography okay there or was it discouraged? Uh, no, it was all okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. I know some religious locations, they're like, no, you can't take pictures here or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, And I, I'm not sure typically if that's because of they're just trying to preserve the items that are in there and keep them from flash photography and stuff like that, or if it's just their there's a certain religious ideology to that. I know that we had some challenges as we've been traveling over the years with that type of stuff. Yeah. So, I know certain cities do have that restriction. I, I know some in Mexico, you can't take any photos of all at all like that. And typically it's no flash and then it's okay. Yeah. How was the food in Istanbul? That was some of the best food. Uh, all the Mediterranean spices just, just make it taste wonderful. It seems like that would be the place I'd want to definitely explore. And especially because it's like right on the tip of Greece and they kind of have that overlap too. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You can get that out. Yeah. Especially if you want to go to a place where Constantine moved the capital from Rome to, uh, which is Constantinople. Um, and again, there's a variety of things right outside the city in reference to that. So it's really kind of cool to explore that. Um, talk to me, like, uh, did you save room for souvenirs and stuff like that? <laughs> Uh, well, we did uh, make a trip to the Grand Bazaar, which was massive. There's there's so many stores all throughout there. Uh, there's always vendors trying to pull you into their shop, and they'll offer you tea. And, I mean, everywhere you go, you get offered tea. And the, the tea is really good, too. But that's their way of trying to sell you some things. And you can always bargain with them all. Um and sometimes you just have to ignore them completely. <laughs> um, I know, I know from, okay. So my husband and myself, we travel quite a lot and he will not, or he hates bargaining. He's like, just pay it. I don't care. I don't want to bargain. I'm like, no, no, no. We can get this for like, like half or even like 90% off if we just really use our cards. Right. So yeah. like, what, what would you say is the best thing you were able to bargain there? 
well, I wound up only buying one of the Middle Eastern lamps. Mm -hmm. And we, we did a search on Amazon how much they were. And um, they looked like about $120, $130, the size we were looking at. Yeah. Uh, but we were able to get them for maybe $35, $36. Oh, my gosh. So, so it, wasn't, it was a pretty good deal, I think. Um, they're always trying to sell you the, the fabrics and the tapestries, the carpets everywhere. And I, I never think that those are a good deal. There's just piles of them, piles of them everywhere. So I don't know how, how much they actually sell. <laughs> it's, you know, it, I, it's one of those things I think that you just have to kind of be in the market for it. I mean, again, I don't know. I've never had something sent over or shipped mm -hmm. from another country. I'm, I'm not sure if I feel very comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done anything like that at all? Or? No, I never have either. I I like to be able to carry the things back. And if it's too big, then I don't need it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a, I'm going to do a whole video on, on this as well later on down the line between like souvenirs, keepsakes and what I call artifacts, which are usually things that are like over $50, maybe to a couple hundred. Cause I, I, I have a passion for like, every time we go on vacation, I want to pick up one artifact, something that's really a keepsake. That's like, Hey, this is, this is real legitimate, you know, from wherever we went and just to kind of make it like a showpiece for our house. So. Yeah, for sure. Because there's so much stuff that they just mm -hmm. get delivered from China. Mm -hmm. And, and we saw, I think in Egypt, especially, they were just pouring Amazon boxes out in their, their shop. Yeah. No, we're not mining this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you end up, okay. So now we're going to start to head back to the States. Um, what was the return process like? Uh, well, luckily, all the countries, they had Uber available. Mm -hmm. So whenever we didn't have a driver, we, we took Uber. In Turkey, Uber is against the law, uh, but oh. the Uber app is connected directly to the taxis. So it was still the same. Um, we, we were hassled a little bit at the airport when we arrived, and we went upstairs to get the Uber and we had some guy saying Uber is against the law. It's criminal. And I, I just said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and we got in our taxi and left. And so I, I didn't know what that was all about because we talked to the taxi drivers and they said, yeah, they had the whole court thing and they worked out something so that Uber just contacts them directly. So there's no private drivers that way. Okay. But uh, the the new airport in Istanbul is beautiful. It's a little farther away from the city, uh, but it was really clean, really easy to get in and out of. Uh, we had, had some lounge access. We were able to get relaxed in there. And then, then the flight back was, I mean, another straight flight back to LAX. So it was the, the same type of experience, a little tight seat, but great entertainment and food. Um. And once we got back, actually one of my one of my friend's husband was there, so he picked us up to take us back home. Nice. Uh, but I did have global entry too, so that kind of sped up. And three of the other guys had global entry too, uh, so we only had to wait on one guy. And it, even <laughs> his return through the immigration wasn't that bad. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. I, I've I've gone I, I've gone through LAX a number of times with and without global entry. Mm -hmm. um, previously, my husband didn't have global entry and he finally got his appointment to meet with Department of Homeland Security. I clocked it at the difference between 45 minutes and about 15 minutes to get through with global entry. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I think it's worth it. 
um, especially to have it for over the course of five years, I think it's probably a pretty smart investment for anybody who does a lot of international traveling like yourself and myself. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually pretty good. So let's talk post-vacation. Um, what are some takeaways? Let's talk about the pros of going to a location like this and mm-hmm. not necessarily what the cons are because I don't necessarily think there are cons, but maybe more of you know what a first-time traveler should be aware of. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Just uh, I think arriving that late in Amman was helpful to because the lines for immigration were non-existent. We were able to just zip right through. So, so that late arrival, I think, helped quite a bit. Um, also in Amman, we walked a lot downtown and we were looking for lunch. And we had recommendations for a lot of fancier restaurants. But we wound up going down a side street and found the best food we had at Amman, just at a local little uh, shop. And it was the cheapest too. We we ate four people for twenty dollars. So, oh my gosh, that's great! Yeah, so so never underestimate finding those little, little local gyms. Um, and you always look for restaurants like that that are crowded with local people. You know, it's a good restaurant whenever you see a lot of locals eating it up. Nice. Um, we also took some money for each of the countries from here rather than waiting till we got there. There was a lot of tipping involved, especially in Amman and uh, Cairo. Um, like in Cairo, a lot of the tourist areas, they expect tips even going to, into the restrooms and like the camel rides, the tour guides, everything like that. And you can get recommendations online or we ask our tour guide too whenever we're doing the camel rides and the ATVs, how much kind of tip and just to, so we weren't shortchanging them or something. Is the currency, the dinar, pretty much in all those locations? No, it was three different currencies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and did they accept currency from any, like, was there reciprocity on the currencies or was it like, nope, you have to have your own currency from this specific location. They wouldn't accept the currency from a different country at all? No, I think all the tourist locations, they they take any money you had, credit cards. I mean, they said like, just, just, just it. whatever and <laughs> make it work. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the uh, in Cairo, Cairo is probably the hardest part as far as traffic is concerned. Um, I've heard about the nightmares of the traffic in Cairo. Yeah, uh, I mean, you have to be very careful crossing the street because they seem to not follow any laws or signs, um, and they just beep their horn a lot. So it's just nonstop. That's actually, there's actually a horn. Okay. So I, okay. So just to give you some background as well, I just interviewed someone who uh, on Alexandria and Sharm El Sheikh, and she was saying the exact same thing that you're saying right now, which is if you go to Cairo, don't be terrified. I mean, the first time you're going there, yes, it's crazy because it's like street lights are almost like a suggestion rather than an actual thing, but their horns are, it's actually a, like a communication with the horns to let you know when to go, when not to go and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. apparently there's some kind of a thing about that. I didn't know. I know. I never did get the, the, the memo on how to interpret the horns. So I didn't know, are they beeping because they wanted us out of the way or is it okay to cross or what? So it was very cautious all the time. But one thing I had I had concerns about was the security of the area because you always hear how dangerous all these countries are. 
Yeah. Oh, you shouldn't be going there. We had several friends. Why are you even going there? Are you sure you want to go? And uh, initially, I, I wanted to book through a company that actually provided security like that. Mm-hmm. But once you're there, I mean, Jordan is very, very safe. But, I mean, uh, we had no problems there at all. And in Egypt, uh, we kept hearing the locals. They kept telling us, tell everyone how safe it is. Uh, we in America are like, like this, really close. And uh, just before we were landing in Istanbul, we, we saw where uh, Turkey was starting to invade Syria because mm-hmm. of like, some U.S. actions and stuff. So we we're like, oh, no. But we had no issues there either. So, so I, I would just say... If you want to travel, don't don't concern yourself so much with security like that because it's a, mostly it's a lot safer than the news says. Yeah, and I want to touch base on that really quick too because a couple of years ago we were mm-hmm. on a vacation where we went to London, and while we were there, there was actually a bombing in the tube in London. Oh yeah, and but it turns out it wasn't actually a. a like a, it, it was basically a domestic terrorist. It was some kid who let off a pipe bomb inside the tube. And so we used the taxis above ground. And we were like, when we heard about this on the news, we we're like, oh my gosh, we gotta, we're going to have to hunker down or do something crazy. And the guy is like, no, don't worry about it. You know, stuff like this happens from time to time. It just means we're going to have more traffic above ground now than we are underground. Mm-hmm. And then on that exact same trip, we went to uh, Barcelona, Spain, and at the same time, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but um, right now the Republic of Catalonia is trying to seek independence from mm-hmm. uh, the Spanish, uh, from Spain itself to become its own country. On the day when we arrived, the the Spanish government had had the Catalonian politicians all arrested, and so there were there was like people that were in the streets that were beating pots and pans and stuff like that. It was never violent, but it was. It was definitely a spectacle and it definitely shut down a few of the streets because of the protests. But mm-hmm. other than that, I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think the news coverage that we get is a lot worse than it actually is. And, you know, when you travel abroad, you, you understand that there's a little bit of risk, but it's also about risk assessment too. And understanding, you know, are you, are you really in a tremendous amount of danger by going to some of these places or is it just, Oh, it, you know, it's possible, I suppose, but it's not, probable exactly most of it is common sense don't walk down the dark alleys at night i mean same thing you would do here yeah just keep that air about you yeah but there are places like we got back from copenhagen not that long ago also and i had no problems walking down the street at three o'clock in the morning by myself and it would be like no issues at all it was just beautiful so i mean there are definitely places that i i understand in, in in the world abroad that it's safer to do some of those things but i would say if like what you're saying right now if you're in a place where you where you're not where you're a little you're concerned for your security you know use common sense be smart about the way in which you travel because there are some absolutely beautiful cultures and wonderful people and fantastic food and amazing history to absorb from all of these places that you travel to so again thank you very much for that information so Again, I want to thank you, Kevin, very much for being part of this interview. It really means a lot to me. It means a lot to my students. So, again, thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're and, very welcome. And, again, oh, by the way, and, again, I hope, you know, like the next time you travel, we'll have an opportunity to debrief you on that, too, because I got to tell you, this has been fun. So I really appreciate it. Good. Awesome. 
So um, if anybody has any questions or comments, you can always send me a quick email at scott at theprofessortravel.com. Until the next time, however, make every travel opportunity a travel adventure. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. The Professor Travel is a broadcast from Orange County, California. A transcript of each podcast may be requested by contacting The Professor Travel at his website, theprofessortravel.com. For opportunities to work with The Professor Travel, feel free to contact Scott at theprofessortravel.com or contact us through YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook at The Professor Travel or Twitter at TheProfessorTR1. Make every day a great day to have a travel adventure.